It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Sharon Wolf is a psychotherapist and marriage counselor who held the belief that any marriage can be fixed if the partners really want to fix it. That's what she said on Oprah and on CNN. But the truth is her own marriage was so troubled that nothing she said or did helped. And in her new book, Love Shrinks, she explores the theme that, for some, love isn't always meant to last forever, and hoping that it can is a painful mistake. And she's joining us today on Amy's Table. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Hi, Amy. You know, that was the best introduction I've ever had. I have to tell you, it was just the way I would really like to be introduced if I designed it myself. (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, you know, I've got to tell you, I can't help but think of how hard it had to have been while you were on Oprah and on CNN and doing all of this great work, saving marriages and knowing that your own was really in dire straits. Well, it's really hard when you're sitting there in front of 13 million people and trying to tell them how to stay lovers for life to be having a marriage that isn't working out at all. That was tough. Yeah, I can imagine. But so is it true that people can be lovers for life? Can you keep the passion alive forever or some marriages just not meant to be? I think that some marriages aren't meant to be, and I think there are many couples that can stay lovers for life I myself tried everything. I tried waiting, praying, uh, meditation. I, I even got a Save the Marriage dog. And, in fact, I wrote the book, How to Stay Lovers for Life, for my own marriage. I was trying to save my own marriage. So for us, it didn't work. But I do believe that there are other couples that absolutely do stay lovers for life. Well, you know, as you as you go through these marriage counseling and working with couples, what are some of the tips? I mean, how can you keep the passion alive? Well, first of all, what's important is to think of relationships in threes. You always need to be thinking about what's good for you, what's good for your partner, and what's good for your relationship. The relationship is like a third entity. It's like a baby that you soothe and coddle. Um, couples that just think what's good for you and what's good for me are caught in the forever power struggle and they never get a darn thing done. So you've got to really think of that third entity, your relationship as a separate being. Wow, that's really interesting. And you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I had never heard that said before, but that makes a lot of sense. Well, in well, the... I think it's true. Yeah. You were saying. Well, but you know, so, okay, you think of yourself, you think of your spouse, you think of the relationship, but you say there are five things that you should absolutely never say to your spouse. Oh, I can think of a couple that you should never say to your partner. For example, you're just like your mother. Never goes over well. Never goes over well. And and name-calling, I mean, you've got to... Couples, when they fight, they need to learn how to fight fair. It's a really worthy goal to feel that you've gotten your point across without yelling and name-calling. And then the other thing couples do is this kitchen sink fight where they throw in every fight they've ever had. So it's not just what you've done now. It's everything you've ever done since the day you met. And that's another way that nothing ever gets resolved. So when you're in one of those moments, not that this has ever happened to me, I just uh, have a friend it's happened to. When you're in one of those moments where you're throwing everything into the kitchen sink, you know, who? how do you stop it? How do you say, okay, wait, let's stop and fight about the task at hand? 
Well, you know, that's the biggest problem. The biggest problem couples have is discipline, enough discipline to stop before something ugly happens and say, we need 10 minutes and then we'll reconnect about this. What happens is you can't just stop the fight and storm out of the room because that starts another fight. Yeah. So you need to say, I need 10 minutes and then to cool off, and then I'm going to come back to this and we're going to finish it. I'm not bailing out on you. I'm just taking a cooling off period. And then, of course, that other party in the relationship, the other side of the equation, has to say, okay, I understand, and, and not get worked up by that. So do you think sometimes you then need to make these plans for your fights when you're not fighting and hope you both remember? I mean, you know, how do you, how do you learn? Well, that's exactly what you do. Nothing gets done in the passion of the fight. Nothing good gets done. So the idea is to talk in between when you're not fighting. Hey, let's talk about fair fighting and how we want to feel when we fight. And I don't want to yell at you the way I yell at you anymore, honey. Let's talk about uh, how to take a breather when things are getting really bad. Or uh, what some couples do is, one couple gets, one of the couple gets to talk for 15 minutes without being interrupted, and then the other couple gets to talk for 15 minutes without being interrupted. And that gives each person a chance to get it all out. But it takes discipline. Many couples are not able to do this, to sit for 15 minutes and listen to their partner. Yeah, that would be tough, especially if you were angry and, you know, wanting to, to get your side out. But I think the important thing that, that you're making us all realize is obviously the best time to learn how to fight is when you're not fighting. <laughs> right. And the other thing is blame has never helped a relationship and neither has proof. If you prove that he was to blame, is that going to make you a happier couple? <laughs> you know, you, you don't become happier by proving you were right. Yeah. Decide if you want to be right or you want to be happy. You know, that phrase I have heard before, and truly, I don't think truer words have ever been said. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? At what cost are you going to win the argument or win the point? When so often, a lot of what couples start to fight over is senseless stuff, isn't it? Well, couples fight over the same things for, for forever and ever. Sex and money, sex and money, sex and money. That's what they fight over. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're all so not simple. Of either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now here's a question. You and your husband did split, and yet you say that you can you can maintain a friendship after a split, or at least there are ways to attempt to do that. Well, if you have children, which we didn't, you have to stay friends because you've got a cooperative cooperative venture in front of you that's going to last your lifetime. So it's really, really important when you have children to find ways to respect each other, even if you can't love each other anymore. Right. That is important. You don't want to have the kids have to suffer through any of the, the marriage breakup. Well, so, okay, you're hopeful, obviously, that a relationship will be able to be fixed with discipline and learning and fighting fair. But at what point does a couple, should they be able to recognize time to throw in the towel? Well, that's the hardest thing, to know when to throw in the towel. I think, first of all, you should feel that you've tried everything you can try, which I did. You know, we went to individual therapy. We went to couples therapy. I think it's very important to try everything. And then um, you sort of have a, a, a ratio. It should be at least 70% good times and 30% dirt. 
every relationship has 30% dirt, and you've just got to find the dirt that you can live with. But when it changes and the ratio changes and it's suddenly 50-50 and then it's 60-40 and 70-30 and suddenly your, your, your ratio of good to bad has changed dramatically and you've tried everything there is to try, then I think you have to be brave enough to know that you need to move on. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard part for couples. Well, Sharon, how has your divorce changed you as a marriage counselor? I find it interesting that I think being divorced has made my work deeper because when I was a young whippersnapper just starting out at this 20 years ago, I believed every couple could stay together if they really wanted to. And I think I tried to help couples stay together that maybe should not have been together. And I think I've gained wisdom in learning that not every couple should be together. And I think that's made my work richer. I've been able to help couples separate. I was so thrilled in the beginning that no couple I saw got divorced. But when I think back now, there are some of them that probably got divorced after they stopped seeing me. I don't think I helped them all by keeping them all together. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, it's it's certainly it's going to benefit your your clients and, of course, your readers of the book Love Shrinks, Memoirs of a Marriage Counselor's Divorce, uh, to, to learn from what you've been through. Great information, Sharon. It's been really wonderful to talk to you today. I'm going to put all of your information on amystable.com, but you can find more information about Sharon at SharonWolf.com, and that's Sharon, S-H-A-R-Y-N, Wolf.com, and more information about the book, Love Shrinks. Sharon, thanks so much. Thank you, Amy. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! Q102.